Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship.
epistle lesson this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuring that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace and was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to this holy apostle and prophet by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things? So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God's might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he was as realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and assess with confidence through the faith in him. This is the word of the Lord. We rise to the reading of the gospel. According to St. Matthew, the second chapter. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw a star, but it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will be shepherd, who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained for them what time the star had appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose, rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, 
frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. We'll continue with our hymn in 397, As Blood is Minimal. May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message today comes from uh, our, our gospel reading. Let's pray. Most gracious God, we see the reactions of Herod and the wise men to the child Jesus. We also consider our own reaction to this wonderful and joyous birth. Bless our study of your word and May we always rejoice and share the good news that Jesus, the Savior, has come. May the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. In the Gospel reading we heard, After listening to the King, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. They fell down and worshipped him. They op then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. That's our text. <coughs> Maybe uh, this has happened to you. Two people uh, sitting in their seats for a concert. One can hardly wait for the concert to begin. The other can hardly wait for it to be over, right? Uh, one, the violins uh, bring them up out of their seats in joy. The others, the violins wouldn't move except maybe outside, right? Or maybe this one, family listening to music at home and in one room, <coughs> excuse me, the, the kids are listening to something and it's, it's loud and they're screaming and, and, and whatever it is. And, and the parents, they're listening to something a little more soothing uh, and, and uh, something that's helped them to relax a little bit. Clear that they appreciate different types of music. Or maybe you're headed off to an art gallery and you go there and while there you observe this painting that is these blobs and strokes and splashes and you just don't get it, right? Uh, you're convinced that the people in the art gallery have been uh, fooled, right? That and thinking this mess of color is art. And, but then along comes someone else and, and they are looking at it and they're awestruck. And they admire this same painting and see it as a, a true work of art. Uh, you can't see it, but the other person can. Well, today's a day when we come to that part of the Christmas account where this kind of thing happens. King Herod sees the Christ child in a totally different way than anyone else that we encounter in the events of that first Christmas. Well, how did Herod react uh, to this newborn king? Well, Herod was a great king. I mean, he was fearless, he was strong, he, he brought order out of chaos in his kingdom. He did some things through with his means, though. And, but he, had, he built harbors and cities, he had the temple rebuilt, he, he had built new cities with amphitheaters. Uh, water supply for Jerusalem, importing grain from uh, Egypt, and uh, starting an aid program during a drought, and even reduced taxes, right? He became known as Herod the Great. 
However, for all the good that he did, there was also this dark side to Herod. Because he murdered anyone he perceived to be a threat to his authority. Among his victims, his wife, his three sons, his mother-in-law, his brother-in-law, his uncle, just to name a few. He even married his niece to sort of secure his throne. And so it comes as no surprise that Herod would see a news of a rival king as a threat, even though this new king is just a baby. Jealousy has a strange way of sort of twisting things around. And, and you know, while normally we think of a baby and we extremely happy this new little, little life has come into this world and no one ever dreamed of causing any harm to someone so little and helpless, and yet we know that there are strange things going on inside Herod's head. He didn't see this newborn king with the same eyes as Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. Jealousy and a lust for power just sort of twisted things up, distorted all reason. I mean, he knew prophecies about the king. Like from Isaiah, he will rule as king, David's successor, basing his power on righteousness and justice from now until the end of time. He only saw this newborn king as a threat. And so he baited the trap, smiling, using those sugary words of hypocrisy. I mean, you can almost hear it in his voice, can't you? When he goes to the wise men, oh, I want to be this guy too, right? Yeah. Go and search diligently for him, uh, for this child. When you found him, bring word back to me, I want to be him too, right? So how do the wise men react? to this newborn king. Well, the wise men saw this newborn king with totally different eyes. They studied ancient writings, even though they themselves may not have been Jews, they believed that this bright star appealed something important, the birth of the king of the Jews. And they were well aware of uh, Jewish expectations of the Messiah, that, that reference that a uh, star will rise out of Jacob. <clears throat> They were curious and they were excited, even though it meant a long journey and probably a dangerous journey. They decided uh, to visit this newborn king. And Matthew tells us that finally when they get there, <coughs> going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. See these two different reactions to the birth of the Messiah? Herod is fearful and jealous. He's, he's hypocritical. He's murderous. Not this child, not even God himself, is going to stand in his way. He needs to get rid of this child. And so he orders to massacre the children of Bethlehem. Children who had no connection to Jesus other than they were born about the same place, same time. The wise men, on the other hand, the wise men were happy and eager and loving, right? They, they brought gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, gifts fit for a king. Even though they were learned and wealthy men, they kneeled before this baby and worshiped him as Lord and King. <clears throat> Two different reactions, King Herod and the wise men. You see, it's this answer to the angel question, who is Jesus Christ? But it depends on who's being asked the question, especially in our world today, right? <clears throat> For one person, he's part of a legend, right? A, a person who taught good morals. 
For another person, he's uh, the one you call on when everything else fails. Uh, say a little prayer, it might work, God's like a lucky rabbit's foot. To another, he's the God that you hold in awe, someone that you are fearful of. To another, he's a good buddy, uh, uh, someone that eh, he's not going to take you too seriously or your mistakes or sins too seriously. And there are some people you ask, who is Jesus Christ? You get a complete blank. They don't have a clue. Ask Carrie, he'll tell you that he's one king too many. Kill him. That's the best way to deal with it. Ask the wise men, they'll tell you that he is the king who's been foretold by the ancient scriptures, that he is the king that God has promised. A king who's come to bring love and justice and peace. A king about whom Isaiah says, he will be our ruler. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This child is worthy of honor and praise. And so the wise men do what Herod would never do. They kneel before him and worship him. As we hear these two extremes, the, the question naturally follows, doesn't it? How do we respond to this Christ child? I mean, some still respond with hostility today. They, they, they like Christmas, the, the giving part. Uh, they're offended, though, that any suggestion of the coming of Jesus has any meaning beyond Christmas or any bearing on how they should live their lives. <clears throat> they really refuse to believe that Jesus came to be their Savior as if they need it. As far as they're concerned, grace, forgiveness, God's presence, they're unneeded and of irrelevance. How are you to respond? Maybe we can find an answer in the celebration of the epiphany of our Lord. Now, everyone knows what Christmas is, uh, but when you mention the word epiphany, yeah, uh, ask people what it's about. Uh, sometimes you get this blank stare, you're not quite sure. But the word epiphany means to reveal or uncover. And the purpose of this festival is to celebrate not just the event of Jesus' birth, but to celebrate what it actually means for the world. But we need to know what, it, what its significance is and its importance is for us. This is exactly what Paul's talking about in our first reading from Ephesians, that the revelation unveiling of this mystery of God's great plan for the redemption of the whole world. Because it's more than just a Bethlehem event. It's more than just shepherds and angels and, and the manger and the star in the east. The season of Epiphany is the whole unfolding of God's wonderful plan of salvation through Jesus, including the baptism of Jesus, his miracles, his healings, his teachings, his cross, his resurrection, his ascension. Paul talks about this secret plan that God has talked about for generations through his prophets and now through the apostles. Jesus is the key to understanding God's plan. You see, the arrival of God's Son into this world as a human being is that key that unlocks, that unreveals, and covers, and makes clear, and explains this whole mystery of God's plan that's been unfolding ever since the fall. The birth of Jesus is the great epiphany. In him, everything is revealed to the whole world. Suddenly, all that has been said about the Messiah throughout the ages, it all falls into place, and this veil that has been hiding God's plan has now been lifted. 
And those who want to look beyond it will see the love and grace of God. Jesus is God's gift to all people, no one is excluded. Unfortunately, the only thing some people are interested in is Christmas and they never move on to Bethlehem. But Epiphany takes us well past Bethlehem. It doesn't leave us at the manger. It takes us to the cross where our sins are paid for once and for all. It takes us to the empty tomb where Jesus rose from the dead to give eternal life to all people. It takes us, each and every one of us, to the place of our second birth, to the baptismal font, where Jesus makes his forgiveness and salvation ours. He calls us his own. One of the Christmas carols lifts that veil that covers the mystery of Jesus' birth as we look past the manger and see that Jesus is true God. We'll, we'll sing it at communion time. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and light to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Heart the herald angels sing. This is where epiphany happens in each of our lives. This is where the manger, the cross, and the amputee, they all converge to bring newness and change and compassion and forgiveness and peace and confidence and hope and joy into our lives. Epiphany takes us beyond Christmas to see that God's plan includes more than shepherds and wise men. It includes you and me. God reveals his plan to forgive and renew and recreate us for this life and for the next life. So every time that we return to our baptism, confessing our sins, receiving his forgiveness, every time we come to his table, receiving his true body and blood for forgiveness and new strength, every time we open his word and read his word and hear his word, he reveals his plan to us again and again. Every time these things happen, God calls us to carry on the work that so that many, as many people as possible in some way might be touched by his love and come to see him as more than just a baby in a manger, but also as their Lord, their Savior, their King. You might say that we are God's epiphany messengers, aren't we? We are, uh, through the, uh, the blessing of God's Holy Spirit, lifting that veil, revealing uh, to our friends, our family, and our world who Jesus is and what he has done for them and for us. As in the Gospel reading, today people will still react to Jesus differently. But he comes to us in much the same way. With love, bringing his forgiveness and eternal life. Offering to walk with you and me, helping us through our life's journey. Now, we can leave him in the manger and pack him away with all the, all the Christmas decorations. Or we can bring him in and welcome him into our hearts and lives. Because in Jesus, we can experience his love. In Jesus, we can trust him as our Savior and King. In Jesus, we can know that we are his children. In Jesus, we can live for him. In Jesus, we can pass on that love to others 
while all the time knowing that he lived within us. What is your reaction to the King? May it be one of confident trust in his word and message for you. Amen. Thank you. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.